to an all-new episode of the only podcast that matters. Actually, probably in the top five of podcasts that matter. <laughs> Love this party podcast. So glad that you're here. We're recording this. We record this over the weekend. So today is uh, is D-Day, the anniversary of D-Day. So we're going to have to do a little bit of a shout-out to those guys. A little bit, uh, a, a huge shout-out to those guys. But there's a ton of other stuff that's going on. Uh, we got a great show. We have a great show. We have a, we have a, a big, we got What's on the Web with Paul uh, for the C Block. That's fantastic. And then, of course, Gimlet and I will be taking the party over to Patreon for even more at the end. So if you're not on Patreon, get on there. Get you some extra, extra, read all about it. So here we go. Lots to talk about. Lots of time. Trump had a little uh, speech the other night. There's still stuff going on uh, with the with the Wuhan lab leak. There's UFO stuff. There's uh, there's stand up news. There's huge uh, giant party news. So much. I'm gonna I'm gonna let the Gimlet pick. I'm gonna let the 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 Liberty Gypsy pick. Where do you think we should start? What do you want to start with? Well, considering the fact that I called it in like February of last year. <laughs> called it. <laughs> called it. I said, we are going to find out that this came out of a lab in China, whether intentionally or unintentionally. I believe were my exact words. I should go find the clip and we should play it. Listen, our producer, Rick, could literally be employed part-time, 20 hours a week, <laughs> just going back and finding clips of things that we said. I can remember it. You know, I'm here with you every week. I yeah. remember it like it was like like it was yesterday. Like it was yesterday. But you bring up a great point. And that's that's a great reason for people to listen to the show because you are going to be ahead of the curve on a lot of this stuff. But like you couldn't talk about it on Facebook, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Which is terrifying. There's so many stories, there's so many aspects of this that don't get enough attention. We'll go. We'll go through uh, a few of them today. But yeah, the Wuhan. The the Wuhan. What do you guys think? There's a, there's a freaking uh, Institute of Virology in Wuhan. There's people getting sick. There's people dying. There's people who work there making videos trying to warn the rest of the world. <laughs> Something got out. Here it comes. It's bad. And then we're oh no no it's the bat soup. It was the bat soup, you guys. They got these bats. Completely ridiculous. But you've probably well, you've probably done more research into the the Fauci emails than I have. So what's what's jumping out at you about the Wuhan lab leak? Okay, the thing that just sent me straight over the edge was that 2015 study I've been talking about for over a year. Yup. Where they were making Frankenstein viruses in this lab. And the woman then started talking about injecting them into primates, which caused a whole kerfuffle in the scientific community, was one of the first documents that Dr. Fauci sent to one of his underlings and said, we need to discuss this ASAP. Mm -hmm. Because here's the real problem with that study, which I only just found when I went back to it recently. <laughs> the real problem with that study is whatever virus they knitted together. And they just say they knitted it together in the write-up. I mean, they're not even shy about it, right? Yeah, yeah. They never entered that into the global system for genetic coding of viruses until May of 2020. How do I know it was even the right one? Good question. Like, that is such a huge oversight. The contact for the study is Dr. Ralph Barrick out of the University of North Carolina. He's an American. Can he be held accountable for that oversight? I don't know. But just flat out irresponsible if you know what gain of function research is supposed to do. It's supposed to hypothesize what kind of virus could emerge so that you can develop treatments and vaccines for it in advance of, and then when one does emerge, you find the one that's closest to it, and hopefully you have a treatment that works. I understand that part of it. Like, it, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a solid 
rationalization for some really horrible research. You're like, no, 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 we're not. We're not looking at this as a weapon. We're not making a biological weapon, you guys. Here's what we're doing. We're saying something crazy is going to pop up in nature, and we want to be ready for that, which is a great a great philosophical debate. A great philosophical debate. Is it? How many people died in the COVID? We're, it's got to be millions, mil- right? Three million globally. All right, so... So you lost three million people because you wanted to be ready in case something got out in nature. Boy, not in not in uh, not in Michael's world. If I'm the but, grand high emperor of the world, I'm like, nope, we're just gonna risk it. We're just gonna risk it. And if something crazy pops out in nature, like uh, Ebola, we're just gonna shut down your little country. We're gonna work our tails off to find a cure. We're gonna work super hard, but yeah, nobody's going nowhere. We're talking about. I think that's the big lesson. You gotta, you gotta stop this stuff before it gets out. But there's more. There's more. There's more. But how could you even proceed with that thesis, the one that's a you know great philosophical debate? Yeah. If you never put the viral genome in the system, because they're trying to make a biological weapon. I know. Where it really. So why not just say it? Why not just say it? Just that's that's what no, all this I is. It. Yeah, but that's I what all it. this is, and it's it's like and and to me, here's I'm 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 at that next level conspiracy theory. I think I've said it before on the show. I don't think this was a leak. I don't even think it was an accident. And these people who were like, "Why would China do this to their own people?" Hey, they weren't letting them. They weren't letting those poor people fly around China. They had Wuhan on a lockdown. You don't you don't think they're completely prepared to lose a couple hundred thousand Chinese? Come on. Come I on. actually tweeted that. I mean, when Dr. Fauci went on TV and said that, so you're telling me that China was gonna make a virus that would make them sick? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. As a matter of fact, I think they would. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what else China just did? I they, do. Just, they just upped it, they just upped their little uh, hey, you can have three kids now. They want yeah. more people. They, they so like okay so uh, so the Wuhan they go nuts these people then we're gonna go ahead they'll make up for that in a weekend <laughs> they'll make up for well, the people <laughs> and not only that the biggest demographic problem they have right now is there's too many old people and not enough young people because there's hardly any girls <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they didn't think about that so. The young people are having a very hard time supporting the old people. And what does COVID kill? Old people. Uh-huh. And then I guess it did something weird to your testicles. I've always heard that. Oh, oh, and here's another one. Uh, and this is probably in the emails. I, I just I just kind of did a little, a little gear shift because I just think it's worth noting. Uh, weren't they talking about hydroxychloroquine in those emails too? Uh-huh. Just about, hey, that, that's a good promising one. That's a good promising Listen, you guys, this is uh, this is, uh, as they say, as they say down on the border, no bueno. We can't we can't have I listen. I want I want lawsuits. I want lawsuits against China. And I also want massive lawsuits over Facebook. We are the people who are going to help us out in these situations in the future, because the mainstream media is absolute garbage, is uh, is people like the Gimlet over here. The the like the citizen journalist. Now I know you've got a, you've got a gig and you you work for a couple different websites and you publish a lot of like well researched pieces. So maybe you're not the best, but like it's the same people. Remember when Dan Rather was doing that 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 horse crap about uh, George Bush too? His uh, yeah. Oh, he tried to get out. It was a citizen journalist that found that out. If that happened today, oh my gosh! If that happens today. Uh, that they shut that dude down, the guy that that that, that found out about the the type the typeset and the type font. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't exist. Oh. And boy, that's a that's a that's a huge sliding door. So it's citizen journalists, and if Facebook is not going to, because I remember I avoided it. I avoided it like the plague. I'm like, oh, I'll talk about that on the podcast. I'll talk about that on the podcast. I wasn't posting it on Facebook because you were watching people drop like flies, which makes me a coward. But like, I just want to stay in the fight. Oh. I mean, that's the one place that they haven't really 
developed a technology to zap you yet. As long as you're not interviewing Donald Trump and his voice is not on the recording, um, you can say almost any, like, I listen to On Facebook? A podcast on Facebook or Twitter? Yeah, you can do that. Well, you can promote your podcast on Facebook, right, but don't, right. don't tell them what you're talking about. Oh, no, 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 no. Titles <laughs> are terribly misleading. But uh, <laughs> our titles are very anodyne. Um, <laughs> but I was listening to Brett Weinstein's podcast, and they're being as blatant as to say, and I love these guys. He had, I forget which doctor was on with him. It was one of the ones that works with uh, Paul McCullough who testified in front of Congress, but he's like, okay, we held these safe and effective drugs that we have decades of experience with, that we know how they work, and we know they treat the symptoms we see with COVID or post-COVID, because people don't die of respiratory distress of COVID. They die of their own body's um, immune response, right? Yeah, yeah. We know how to treat these things, they held these drugs that have treated these things in other diseases to a higher standard than they held remdesivir. But they yeah. would not have gotten the EUA for remdesivir or the vaccines if they had put these drugs on the treatment protocol. Yes. <laughs> it is. Uh, listen, Corruption. It doesn't. It doesn't. You don't have to be like conspiracy theory minded to because I got I got busted and and slapped down by Facebook when I was and I went out of my way because I was like, oh, the New England Journal of Medicine very back early, early, early on. Uh, I want to say it was uh, uh, March of, of 2020, very early on in, in the lockdown and all this stuff. New England Journal of Medicine. They're like, yeah, the the, the masks, the, the they're not going to do you any good. Outside of a hospital setting, the, the, the particles are too small. Masks aren't going to do any good. The only upside to wearing a mask is it's a visual reminder to maintain social distance. That's it. And I got I got busted for that. For that. And then you look now, like Fauci was, was saying the mask thing too. It's it's the systemic and and constant lies about it. The lies, the absolute lies. So, you, and then hydroxychloroquine. That was one where I was really digging in. And, and I know you were too. Because, like, people are dying. People are dying because they weren't getting this, this drug that's been on the market since, like, 1970. That's where we have, they've, I think they crossed the line with what they did to Trump and the uh, Russian collusion story. That's where I think they cross the line. But now you have a giant pile of dead bodies, a giant pile of dead Americans. So this we're going to have to really make some noise about this. Well, really. And, and this can and seriously, this is why. With, with Facebook not allowing people to talk about hydroxychloroquine with they were silencing doctors talking about it. They're silencing doctors talking about the using masks. And then you look at these Fauci emails and you're like, he knew, he knew, he was signing off on it. That's not, we can't, we can't do this. We can't do this. We have to really, really encourage uh, our congressman. I'll, I'll, I'll hit this on the, on the live stream on Wednesday too, to give people uh, like a, 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 an action they can take. But this has to be wow. the end of Facebook as we know it. No, I, I and for me, like you want a nine eleven style commission about a couple hundred <laughs> yahoos taking over the Capitol building, not hurting anybody, and um, normal business resuming after about four hours. Yeah. I want a nine eleven style commission into this entire pandemic. I want them to look at testing and what a BS regime that was. I want them to look at <clears throat> um generic pharmaceuticals and why they weren't taken seriously. I want the emails on those. Um, I want them to, I want them to make Dr. Fauci answer and the FDA answer why, when it's well known, he changed the outcome criteria on the study for remdesivir 
Why did that ever get an EUA? That's not how you do drug trials. And I love how you same... think. I love how you think that anybody knows what the fuck an EUA is. Like, stop doing oh. that. Stop doing that. You know, people don't know what that is. I'm sorry, what is an EUA? The emergency youth authorization, the one that says you can use this now because we have nothing else. So that means that the drug has had some test for efficacy. It's effective, like the vaccine. We know it prevents the virus, but we have no idea what the long-term safety of it is. This, there's, there's no way. I keep going back to, to Franklin Roosevelt on this one. Like, nothing mm -hmm. happens by accident in politics. If it happens, mm -hmm. it was planned this way. Uh, and that's why, like, I'd love a 9-11 commission on this, too. I really would. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe it's not on the, on, I, I can't believe no one's, there's not more people calling for one right now. If, um, if it was an oopsie, if it was an oopsie, China owes us trillions of dollars. They owe us trillion. I want to see commercials on Fox News where you were a family member infected by uh, COVID-19. You get compensation. Call up. I want those commercials on constantly. I And this, I, I'm, I'm of the school of thought that it wasn't an oopsie. It was not an oopsie. So the next time it happens, and unfortunately, I believe there will be a next time, we got to have our crap together. Like if, if taken... If taking a, a bar of soap and cutting it in half and taping it to your ears is is the solution, I don't want to get banned on Facebook for saying it. You know, no matter how crazy it is, we got to be able to communicate with our fellow human being and our fellow American and let them know, hey, I taped a thing of soap to my ear and it, and it worked and me and my family lived. Right? right. We got to be able to say that. Well, this has to be the end of Facebook. The... Well, I, do you know who Dr. Naomi Wolf is? No, but she sounds hot. That sounds, that's a, that's like a Victoria's Secret supermodel name. Oh, actually, she's a flaming leftist philosopher. Um, okay. And public but, uh, intellectual. How does but, she look in a bikini? <laughs> I imagine when she was younger, she looked hot. I'm not nice. sure about today. All right. So um, what did Naomi do? What did that little vixen do? Well, when all of this started, you'll notice there's a, a um, left-wing folks of a certain age, right? That when they start seeing suppression of free speech, when they start seeing the censoring of ideas, when they start seeing the government act in certain ways, they get as freaked out as we do. Because they're of the generation that was very suspicious of the government before they became the establishment, right? Yes, Yes. So she was one of those people. And when they started talking about COVID vaccine passport, she's like, this is the most authoritarian thing I've ever heard. So now she doesn't get on CNN anymore. She ends up on Tucker Carlson. Well, she, on her Twitter page, a bunch of women started tagging her and saying, I'm having all these female problems after I got the shot. Well, then other women came on and said, I'm having all these female problems after I recover from COVID. So she started compiling them all. Right, because when something affects the reproductive system, the medical establishment is supposed to get kind of hanky about it until they know exactly what's going on, because that's rather important for civilization. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> she ends up getting suspended from Twitter. Of course. It's <laughs> it's we got we got a problem. And it's it's Facebook, it's Google, it's Twitter. It's the you it's too. it's big tech. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's big tech. And we cannot kick the can down the road anymore. That's what I'm saying. I think we've nope. we've 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 crossed the line. I thought we crossed it with with the Trump Russia collusion thing. But now we got a big stack of dead bodies and, and then it's it's gone too far. Left, right, center. You have to admit it's gone too far. We have to be able to share these ideas. And uh, I'm, I'm woo. Well, and can I'm, I just I'm explain? All, yes, explain. There's different kind of people with the word doctor in front of their name. Some of them actually take care of patients, took a Hippocratic oath, and when they're looking at a patient who is suffering in the eye, they, they feel compelled to try to fix their problem. Yes. And then there's Dr. Fauci. 
okay, who hasn't touched a patient in 40 years. If no, you talk to the, huh? Oh, I was just gonna. He's a he's a he's a bureaucrat, and he's he's exactly. definitely about self promotion and his position of power. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So if you talk to the doctors that actually look patients in the eye and have an obligation to treat and do the best they can for them, they will tell you if they've been using these drugs, generic, off-label, that probably we could have saved about 50% of the people who died. Yup. Because it takes a little time to ramp up and get the protocol right, right? So early pandemic, you're probably going to lose some people. But by summer, we had a, a really good idea. And it just couldn't go anywhere because the people in charge were suppressing the information or not putting it on the treatment protocol. And they're saying Harvey Rich from Yale, super smart researcher, Dr. McCullough, super awesome clinician and and professor. They're saying 50 percent. We have we have what close to 600,000 deaths. That's 300,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really, really, really big number. It's a uh-huh. really big number. And science, science has to be above this crap. Science uh-huh. has to be above it. We can't, yep. it, we, we're not going to do well. And this, this actually goes to something that I want to uh, mention in, in the next block about uh, uh, being able to put, I'm, 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 I got to be careful how I phrase this. I just want to say, listen, this whole country is founded on the idea that everyone's going to do their own personal best. I'm just going to leave it at that. We we we're, we all have to do our personal best. That's the only way this thing's going to work out. We're going to talk about that uh, and how that, and then about defunding the police and what's going on and all that stuff. But uh, stick around. There's that. There's oh my gosh. There's there's stand up talk with governors. There's the the Gutfeld show. There's so much stuff coming up. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back with more show. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. We're back with more show. You can't keep us down. Just want to say this uh, quickly. Don't forget, everybody, if you are anywhere close to the East Coast, we're this uh, this bash, this giant party that we're throwing at the America First Warehouse on July second. We're we it's got it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be a blowout. Comedy, music, dancing party and then you got july 3rd to recover we were thinking we were thinking so this week this week i will post more details on the uh the america first warehouse party on july 2nd and we're gonna raise money i don't think we're gonna charge listen i don't think we're gonna charge at the door this is how this is what a a great thing it is but we will be passing the hat at some point we want to raise money for police and veterans for like suicide prevention, we gotta find a way uh, to to give back to the police and the veterans and everybody who's made so many incredible sacrifices to keep us safe, both in our own neighborhoods and as a country. 
So we're going to be doing some good stuff, and that's the whole, to me, that's the philosophy of the Loftus Party in a nutshell. We want to have a great time. I mean, I want to have an epic time. I want partial nudity. I want sweat on the dance floor. I want insanity. And I also want to raise a boatload of money to help out some people that just are, they're not going to ask. They're not going to ask. So let's just be the better people and offer. I accidentally made a great segue. My segue was let's be better people and <laughs> and do this thing. Which brings me back to the end of the A block, which is this country relies on the idea. And the founding fathers knew this. They, they knew it. They knew it. They knew it. If we're going to govern ourselves, if we're going to run this thing ourselves, we have we have to be good people like at heart, at everybody at their core. You're at least got to be striving to be better than you were yesterday and, and live a, a, a noble life so you can enjoy the freedoms. So you can do like seriously, this is going to be very libertarian. But if you've got a hunk of land and you want to do something crazy, go for it. If you're not hurting anybody. I don't care. I don't care what you do. But when people start to game the system and they start just like make, you know, these like crime, 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 and this isn't going to be prosecuted. And, oh, we have to have police out here. Oh, but the police aren't trained enough. And he shouldn't have done that and this and that and this. Listen, whoever is not following the rules that the rest of this wonderful society has laid down, those people have to go to jail. They have to go to jail and they have to think about why am I in jail? And then, oh, I see what it is. I messed up. I shouldn't mess up like that again. Oh, I won't mess up like that again because I don't want to go to jail. Once you start taking, I was watching this as I do on Sunday mornings, CBS Sunday morning, uh, and they were talking about how police forces work. It was a huge hit job on the police. It was a very not so slick, not so sly piece of propaganda. It was a huge hit piece on American police. And we don't have enough. They don't have enough training. They don't have enough training, blah, blah, blah. And look how they do it in Denmark. And, ooh, look how the police are in, in Japan. There was one thing of, that Japan does that I thought made perfect sense, which was they have these little uh, outposts everywhere. I think they're called uh, Koban. And they're, it's a little tiny building. And there's like four to six cops in there at any moment and a couple of them are always like out on patrol and it's part of their job they go into small businesses and the restaurants and how's it going what's up have you seen anything suspicious so everybody knows everybody and i would definitely take a, a page but i've been saying that for years i've been saying that for years put the police where the crime is and have the same cops work in there so people know that, oh, that's it's, it's like in the 1930s. You know, you watch those old Bugs Bunny cartoons, you know, oh, here comes Officer Jimmy. You should know that. You should know the cop's name who's in your neighborhood. But they stretch the budget so thin and they have these guys in these uh, vehicles, one or two cops, one cop by themselves. That's just insane. When you see one cop out by themselves, especially this is going to sound sexist. Did you see the video of that uh, that uh, that female cop who just got almost taken out by the dude she was trying uh -huh. to arrest? That was terrifying. That was terrifying. Now, I know we're all supposed to be equal and everything, but uh, if I was that girl, I'd be like, I'm not going out alone anymore. I'm going to at least have another female officer with somebody. You got to have a tag team. But anyway, this only is going to work if we're trying to be the best people that we can be. And that's what I like about, that's what I like about the website. That's what I like about all of it. Everything that we're trying to do. I want to be a magnet for that. I want to be, listen, that's who's going to come out on top at the end. At the end of all this, uh, as society, we, we try to stop the slide of America into the the, the realm of the, the shithole nation. We're only going to be able to stop it if people are doing their best. Don't break the law. Have a family. Raise good people. Be a good human being. Help out your neighbor. Support small, that kind of thing. And then we have to aggressively uh, push back on the, the defunding of the police, the critical race theory, 
mail-in ballots, all this stuff. We're going to have our hands full. We're going to have our hands full with like demanding uh, voter ID and all that stuff. So there's plenty of stuff to do. But the, the just the CBS thing where they're looking at, oh, isn't this isn't this brilliant what the Japanese have done? Oh, you mean by by putting cops in the neighborhood? <laughs> that was great. And listen, it's cool because uh, they're not even in patrol cars. They have like a, a little tiny building, which I'm sure if it was in Portland to be burned to the ground. But you <laughs> but it's like the people in the neighborhood know the cops. I think that's a brilliant idea. And I've been saying it for the longest time. It's not that hard you guys my goodness defund the well, police well yes. i mean if you look at andy knows timeline oh my gosh who does amazing work um you know people lighting things up in minneapolis people lighting things up in portland and beating people in the streets and I mean, it's really become a dog bites man story. And America, I believe, is so fatigued by it. They register it, but they're just not paying attention to it anymore. Like, we have ceded this ground to the bigotry of no expectations. Like, we have no right to expect our fellow citizens to register their, their opposition to things in a way that fits the American ideal. We can just let them burn shit down. And that, that's just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's like Portland is just ridiculous. Portland, Portland is like Brooklyn was in the late 70s, like or the Bronx. I think it's worse. I think it's worse. I know. Like the Bronx, you even bring up the word the Bronx and you'd think like, ooh, that's like that's like Lebanon. That's like a war yeah. zone. And that's like like Portland. Oh, like. Portland is like it's it it it's just it's staggering. It's staggering that it's been going on this long, and it's like still. Well, they they arrest people and then they just let them right back out the next day. Like, what is? I mean, why would it, they stop? Uh, what? Oh no, I, I'm just. You had journalists that were going there regularly. One of my colleagues, Julio Rosas. Um. Elijah Schaefer, uh, the girl from Daily Caller, Richie McGinnis, they've all been targeted for death for covering these things. They don't go anymore. So they just monitor the timelines of the new people that are going and trying to cover it. I like, tell you Andy what. No almost got killed again last week. Yes. Yes. Doesn't this kind of like in the back? I'll, I'll confess something here. <laughs> I I kind of want if if there's a person who wants to be Batman, I would go to Portland. Like if you <laughs> like there's people who dress up and they want to play make believe. But I think if, if you drive around New York, you're going to be bored most of the time. But if like you legit wanted to pretend to be Batman, go to Portland. You can you can get into it. Oh, that I I think. Seattle's a close second. Seattle be up there too, but like, I could see the appeal of like I'm gonna hide in the shadows. I don't know, I'm not saying dress up like you don't have to. Those because I don't think you can turn your head very good in that costume. You probably get your ass kicked. But if you wanted to play vigilante, and 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 you were inclined, I could definitely see the appeal of like, ooh, all these Antifa dudes are on the march and they're gonna burn down that building and they started a fire and here's some people on the periphery. Ooh, this one, this guy's not paying attention. Ping, pong, pong. Just, just mess him up and leave a note like the Riddler. Just like, don't do this in my town. Then you could just go back night after night. It would be a game. Sure, somebody's going to get hurt. Probably you but at it, some point. But it would be fun for a while. I was actually reading the dumbest WAPO editorial about it I, I think I've ever read. It's only second to something in Politico today. So yes. in WAPO, they said, <laughs> they said. Is this because you, is this because you work for BJ Media? You're not going to say Washington Post. <laughs> you got to go WAPO. I just, whatever. <laughs> I'd like to say WAPO. Is that okay? Yes. 
Wapu, acceptable. Wapo, mm-mm. I'm going to call you the Wapu. I was yeah. reading the Wapu. That's much better. Well, it could be P-U because they publish Chinese propaganda or P-O-O because they're full of shit. It's one or the yeah. other. I don't I care. Like, um, I like I like Wapu, P-O-O. Okay. They're like, the social justice movement in Portland was hijacked by anarchists. I'm like, what are you even talking about? It was like, hijacked by anarchists? Do you not understand that the eventual end of a social justice or climate justice or economic justice movement is communism and anarchy? Do do you not get that? Because anytime you put a word in front of justice, you corrupt the meaning. And so you're in a city that has implemented every left-wing policy to try to achieve equity that they can and they still can't get there, what do you think people are going to do? <laughs> it's a, it's about celebrating the problem. It's about, listen, it, if I was a teenager, if I was a teenager, and I know the kind of things that I was doing, I know the kind of crap I was getting into without the noble and just rationalization of trying to make the world better. But But Portland and Seattle... And these BLM marches, that is like, like crack. honey. It's just like <laughs> crack cocaine. I'd love it. I'd love it. If I was 17 and I just wanted to, oh, and I, I did. <laughs> I, I got into some no good stuff. But you, now you tell me that I'm making the world better and I can throw a brick through a window, and I can set stuff on fire, and I can launch fireworks, and I can carry around a stick, and I can have, like, a uniform, and walkie-talkies, and talk to my buddies about it, and we're... There is an appeal to that. There is a huge appeal. And you're never gonna go to jail. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, and and I'll be celebrated in my circles, and I'm gonna get laid. I'm gonna get laid. It's like, that is... Yeah, if you look at the chicks... Nah. Ugh. Listen, I'll I'll pick a winner. I'll pick a winner. I'll find. Listen, in like every, every, in every you see those mug shots, and there's not a lot of winners in there. <laughs> every time I see the mug shots, I'm like, where do these people come from? Oh those yeah, are, those are the ugly University. ones that get caught. However, do you remember the girl? Do you remember the girl who got naked and stopped the police with the power of her magnificent hoo ha? There was a there was a big picture and she was just like she stripped down to nothing and then she used the power of her inner goddess to stop the riot cops and, and I'm like I'd bang her I'd totally bang her and I bet she's gonna bring her girlfriend too we're gonna have a lot of fun can you just manage imagine being a, like a cop going okay what do we do with this <laughs> okay I don't even know how to approach. If I'm a cop, I'm telling my buddies, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let her pose. Let her pose. Look at those. She's got a magnificent set of tits. This is for the- Hold on, fellas. Hold on. She's stopping us. <laughs> what? Now, that's the great thing. Is like she thought she won. She thought she won. It was like the equivalent. Remember those? Uh, they had these peep shows in uh, in New York back in the day. You were like, you put a quarter in and like the window would go up and you'd see some sexy chick on the other side of the window. But then the window would drop if you didn't put another quarter in. That what was going on in Portland. These cops, they got so tired of like uh, arresting big, fat, sweaty, patchouli smelling people who hadn't showered in a month. Now all of a sudden they got a chick who's actually fit and looking good and she's getting naked. Ooh, hold on, hold on. Don't arrest her just yet. She's making a point. <laughs> I just I just have this vision of being the female cops in that line because you're like, oh shit, we're gonna have to deal with this. <laughs> Do you oh. know what I mean? No I'll... male cop is going near that. <laughs> yeah, get me and my female assistant in there. You get the uh, but here's here's what they've done. And it's kind of brilliant. It's kind of brilliant, is like it's this violent celebration of the problem and sometimes it's not even a violent celebration it's just a it's just a celebration of the problem and it's what they're doing in portland with the violence and the burning stuff down but like critical race theory like for real what is the upside to that what is the one 
for exactly. You're just diving into the problem and celebrating misery. Seriously, if there was an upside to it, if there was any kind of upside to it, I'll listen. I'll listen to you. And and I'll listen in good faith. Okay? So so if we teach this in schools, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? No. It's a well, ginormous gonna... step backwards. Go ahead. And and I have this argument on Twitter all of the time, and it really is starting to wear on me. So please do not confuse how we teach history with CRT. They're two separate things, okay? How we teach history and what we teach is a legitimate debate. I think we should teach more about um, what Bob Woodson calls the black community being at its best when America was at its worst. They created colleges, they created school systems, they created neighborhoods, businesses, millionaires, um, all while there was segregation that was legal. And I think that should be highlighted. I think we should talk about what happened in Tulsa because the only reason you, the only way you stop horrible things from happening again is if you know what they look like. Okay? Well, that is a, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a very good point. And we're, we're running out of time on this segment, oh, uh, but we're going to, we're going to continue this on, on Patreon, but go ahead. Well, just to do it quickly, CRT and the critical theories in general are concepts that teach one group of students they have a certain set of characteristics and another group of students, they have a different set of characteristics based on nothing but their race, gender, or sexual orientation. That needs to stop and it's actually illegal under Title VI. So we have to peel those two things apart, have the legitimate debate on one side, and just decide as Chesterton, Chesterton said, the thought that stops thought is the thought that must be stopped. Telling a child they have no agency and they are oppressed and their country hates them is really bad. Just like telling another child they're an oppressor, they're guilty for things people did 200 years ago and they can never relieve themselves of that sin. It's bad on both sides. Yes, yes. And we're going we're gonna to continue this talk on Patreon. And, and I just, I just want to say this to all the listeners. Uh, hopefully you're getting involved in your kids' school, and hopefully, even if you don't have kids, hopefully, you know, in, in your neighborhood, and you're keeping your head on a swivel for everybody who's, you know, bringing this critical race theory up and trying to teach it. The other thing that you have to be aware of is that they will agree to not teach critical race theory, but they will continue to teach aspects of it, and they will just give it another name. So if you have kids and or your friends have kids, Keep an eye on their homework because what will happen is it'll just they'll just kind of do the old switcheroo. Oh no, we're not teaching critical race theory. We're we're just teaching that uh, you know dark skinned people are oppressed by white people. <laughs> what? We're not. So be aware of that. Okay, the show is clicking right along. Coming up next, we got what's on the web with Paul. She's a good one. And then after that. You're going to switch over to Patreon, and you're going to join uh, the Gimlet and I for more wonderful conversation. As promised, we like to continue on this madness of a podcast with a segment called What's on the Web with Paul. Now, you think it's the entire interweb. Sometimes, mostly, we focused on America's favorite website, theloftestparty.com. Paul, how you feeling today? Great to be here, Michael. Love it, love it. Let's let's jump right in, son. What do we got? What was What's <laughs> jumping out at you about theloftestparty.com today? I'm, I'm locked and loaded. I got a couple of my favorites ready to go. I think we have to start with Galaxy Quest has earned more fans as it's aged. I know you and I talked about this sometime, but I can't recall if we ever talked about it on the podcast. But uh, it's one of the films that you like. And I found a video, a retro review that a guy on YouTube did. So I posted that there. Yeah. And I saw it years ago. And I was like, okay, not a bad film. And, and I watched it and I had a few laughs. But as I've as the years have gone by, I've discovered... A lot of people like 
Galaxy Quest, or at least a lot of sci-fi fans do, and I know you do too, and I wanted to hear more of your thoughts on that. Okay, I saw Galaxy Quest when it came out in the theaters and found it to be utterly brilliant. Now, this was before I started writing for television, like before I was like a legit writer. And and I, you could see where they had made some edits and made some cuts. There's an R-rated version of that out somewhere. There is an R-rated version. However, they they, they chopped it down to be like PG-13, which is fine, which is fine. It's such a strong premise. If the cast of the original Star Trek was visited by space aliens and the space aliens thought Star Trek was real and you had a hungover William Shatner legitimately going into outer space pretending to be Captain Kirk it's just so funny it's just so funny and the cast is just incredible Tony Shalhoub uh you got Sigourney Weaver you got Alan Rickman in there the kid who plays the ultimate uh nerd I remember that was the first time I had seen that kid in anything I'm like well that kid's a star he's gonna have a really bright future I don't know what happened to him I think he might have been canceled the movies just and it hits on every level. It, it's it's a really well-crafted script. It's a solid premise, and it delivers. I don't know how you could do a Galaxy Quest 2, but I wish they would. I really do wish they would. That was uh, Alan Rickman as Leonard Nimoy, as a guy who's just sick and tired. I, I could, we could do a whole segment on Galaxy Quest. But that movie, I watched it, the, I watched it a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, ironically. And it holds up still just as funny, still just as funny and touching has great moments. Yeah, they, like like a lot of people said, they and I think you said it, too. Some people say it's one of the best Star Trek films ever made. Oh, yeah, because it is Star Trek. I mean, that's what it is. It's just like there was a point in time before Wrath of Khan came out, uh, before Star Trek, the motion picture came out, all of that, where those guys were probably paying a good hunk of their bills maybe not Shatner Shatner was doing you know Shatner that guy's had a career he was doing uh cop shows and what was the cop show he had in the 80s TJ Hooker TJ yeah TJ Hooker that guy was was doing great now you know Sulu didn't do so good O'Hara didn't do so good Nimoy struggled the rest of the cast struck and then, and and that's a dynamic that they play in in Galaxy Quest 2, like Tim Allen's character is like the too cool for school, just kind of shows up at the convention whenever he wants to because he knows that he's the one that makes the whole thing. All the dynamics are perfect. It is a Star Trek movie. It is. It's for people. If you're a fan of the original Star Trek, you love Galaxy Quest because it just it, it hits on hits on every level. It's it's pitch perfect as to the tone uh, and. It just delivers. Well, I could watch it today. I could watch that today. When Rickman, when Rickman hates saying his catchphrase, he detests <laughs> saying his catchphrase. And then at the moment where he's holding, well, spoiler alert, one of the aliens who really looked up to him is dying in his arms, and and Rickman says the catchphrase for real. That's a great moment. That is a great moment. And people, anybody who wants to write. And anybody who wants to write good screenplays, that's a fantastic moment. So go to theloftestparty.com, look up the post, Galaxy Quest has earned more fans at its age. You can read a little bit about what I wrote about it, and then there's a, a review that's about 20 minutes long or so that's very interesting to watch. So people can go do that. Yeah. Uh, let's get moving on to the next one. Boom, let's see. Boom. boom. Gordon. What do you Gordon wrote CNN Anon, Catch the Fever. I don't know if people know what Blue Anon is. That's definitely something that you'll see on Twitter, but if you're not on Twitter, you might not be familiar with it. But what Gordon did is he wrote in a humorous way about all the conspiracy theories, or not all of them, but some of the conspiracy theories and otherwise misinformation or disinformation that CNN spreads. And see, the reason he wrote it, of course, is because CNN is accusing everyone else of spreading disinformation. This is a great example of LoftusParty.com teamwork right here. I had a bit. I did stand-up the other night. We, we talked about this in the, in the earlier segments. One of the bits that I have in my little comedy notebook 
was like, forget QAnon. Everybody loves to, to blame the right. Oh, you listen to QAnon. You listen to QAnon. And I'm like, you sons of bitches have been following <laughs> CNN Anon. And CNN Anon has been pumping the sear. And no one calls them out on it. Now, I was just in love with the name CNN Anon. And so we got that little group text. And I'm like, somebody needs to do something with. I want to make CNN Anon a thing. <laughs> I want to. I want to sell shirts that say CNN and on. That's like Pat pending. That is a. That is a Loftus Party original. We should not. CNN and on is hilarious, and I love the headline that Cranky put on there. CNN and on catch the fever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. He did so, great. That's a great yep. one. So people head to the loftusparty and read that. Let's mm-hmm. go on to one. Lisa wrote one, Discovering the World of K-Pop Music. K-Pop just is basically a way of saying pop music that comes out of Korea, Korea, Korean pop music. And she introduced people to a few different bands. And I'm kind of like you on that. I'm not familiar with the scene, but she did a good job of just summarizing it because her, da- her daughter is into it. And yeah. she's just summarizing it. And it is a growing, it is a growing uh, music genre, too. Yes, and it's impossible to, to defend against. All you have to do, it's a, it's a tsunami, and all you can do is hold on, get the higher ground, get your supplies, and just try to ride it out. It, <laughs> listen, it's not a new phenomenon. This, is, this goes back to the Beatles in, in this sense. Every girl, and, and I, would, I would say, I would guess, this, I have no data to back this up. I would guess that it's it's girls that are driving uh, the K-pop phenomenon. Just as uh, there was a huge female audience for the Beatles. Like, oh, I like Paul. You know, he's the cute one. I like John. He's the smart one. I like Ringo. He's the weird. Like, you have these different personality types. And and they they have reverse engineered this. And there was that dude down in Florida, uh, that sick uh, he was like a freaking he was a like a child molester, but he had all those groups back in the day. You know, he had, he had the the new kids on the block and he had like O-Town and 98 degrees. And it was literally just a casting call. So it just stands to reason that they've done this in Korea and they just have a boatload of people in, in Korea and Asia and China. And they're just gobbling this up. And it is literally, it's it's very cookie cutter. It's very okay. He he's the cute one. He's the edgy one. He's the smart one. He's the shy one. Uh, what was the other band? Uh, the 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 Simon Cowell did that was huge. One uh, One Direction or whatever. It's it's never gonna stop. However, it's it's perfect because it's all an illusion. It's all just a numbers game because it's. Hugely popular doesn't mean it's good. I listened to the songs. I was really glad that Lisa wrote that. And I listened to, she posted a bunch of different tunes. And you're like, yeah, that doesn't hurt my eardrums. Yep, that doesn't hurt. That could definitely be on in an elevator. Yep, as I'm walking through a hotel, that could definitely be on in the background. Mm -hmm. As I'm waiting for the caddy to deliver my golf cart, that could certainly be on in the background. But in terms of, Listen, it the it doesn't speak to me. It's like the same old, same old. But I think it's here for a while. I don't think it's going to be going away anytime soon. But the good news is, I think that like something real will. There's a vacuum right now for real, and it will it'll pop any day now. Any day now, there'll be the next uh, Nirvana. It's okay. coming. We'll we'll get back to some more music, but I want to first I want to go a different type of music, but I yeah. have to I guess I have to cover AOC treats her grandma like this, and I, I don't you know I used AOC in a post I wrote about her. I don't use I I'd rather just call her Ocasio Cortez because once you start giving the three letters, it kind of makes her seem like she's something. And did you, see, did really, you see my video? Did you see I my did. video? I, I did, and, and I, I want to talk first. about that a little bit more. But I mean Ocasio Cortez, she's not admiral admirable and she's really not even interesting but uh journalists want to make her a thing they want to make the squad a thing and i'll let you tell tell the audience about you know what she did and how stupid it was well it's hilarious 
I mean, and that that my my first joke was, you know, she's known as Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Some call her AOC, but I call her Sandy after that rooftop <laughs> dance she did, yes. the one which melted my heart. <laughs> I remember that. I remember is. that. Yep. She's she's Sandy, and she she grew up in a pretty good neighborhood with you know, wh- whatever. Yes, she is a uh, the media has has helped her social media that's it that's it it's it's all style and no substance and i just love the self own the total self own yep. on this yeah. complaining about oh my grandmother's been living like this since hurricane maria and you're like honey that was four years ago <laughs> you're a horrible human being yes and it was fantastic and then i think it was a uh, uh matt walsh from the Daily Wire, who put together that big fundraiser for it. It was well over $100,000. And then AOC was like, uh, we don't want your money. And so they canceled it. And now there's like a little bit of a struggle as we record this. It it might be resolved by the time this comes out. But it's like, hey, 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 you can't cancel a fundraiser that's going for your grandmother, right? How You just just decide, no, she's going to keep living in poverty. It's like the self-owning doesn't stop. It was very entertaining. It was very, yep. I, and I'm never gonna, I'm never going to. I, I'm glad you brought this up, dude, because it, it brings up a great point. I took, uh, I did a little thing about Kamala Harris and and what she tweeted for Memorial Day, going in, going into the Memorial Day weekend. She tweeted it on a Friday, and then she kind of saved it on a Sunday. Uh, she said, "Enjoy the long weekend." So I, I I made a little bit of a meal out about that. It was very funny, yada, yada, yada. And this lady on Facebook, she goes, uh, hey, I, I, I saw her tweets. And on Sunday, she said, ba, 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 ba. We shouldn't do this. You shouldn't, you shouldn't make fun of her for saying this. We don't want to be like the left. And I didn't have the real estate or the time, and I didn't want to, like, shame this woman on right. Facebook. Right. But maybe she listens to the podcast and I can explain it to her. It's it's about baking it in. You got to bake it in, lady. That's why, yes, we do have to be like the left. We yep. do. Because they are, they never stop. They never stop. Any chance they get, they take a shot at Trump. Any chance they can, they take a shot at DeSantis. They take it, they just, they never stop. So you bake it into the consciousness that blank is a bad person because we're always complaining about him. So yeah, I'm never going to stop. I'm yeah, never going right, to stop. You're right. You're right. I agree with you hundred percent. I'm, and actually I'm glad that you understand it because there's just so many people out there that still don't get it. They don't get what's yeah. going on. It's not a matter of, well, if we can show them we're nicer, they'll change. That's not how it works. This is, we're beyond no. that at this point. Absolutely. Okay. You get one more and then I'm going to pick one. So I talked about going back to music. And first of all, you have to tell me, is her name Dua Lipa? Is that the correct way to pronounce it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa is hot fire and video for love again. That's a post that you put up. And I guess the song is new. And I guess, of course, with a, if it's a, you know something they're trying to emphasize, they'll put together a music video for, about that. Yeah. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. Okay. I just have it. That's, that's just like one of my things. That's just one of my things. She's just smoking hot. The straw cowboy hat riding the mechanical bull. She's got the bikini top on. It's just like wonderfully sexy, like high class trash, which is just <laughs> it's oh, it's it's all that. And I love the shout outs that she did to like all the old like Western. She's got a, like there's a little set piece in there. That's like the, the shout out to the electric cowboy. Uh, there's another set piece that's a shout out to like Urban Cowboy, and oh my good, I thought the song was good too. I'm not gonna download it, but this the <laughs> song was good. And holy smoke, yeah, her with that, that just like that bikini and the short shorts and the cowboy hat and dancing around and riding the mechanical bull. Holy smokes! What do you think about her voice? I thought she had a decent voice. Oh yeah, oh she's talented, dude. That girl is talented. I don't know how many people wrote that song for her yeah, or if great. she wrote it by herself, but holy smoke, that all came together. She could do, in my opinion, she could do that for the rest of her career. I'd watch her do that when she's 70. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to work on a music video? No, 
No, I did not. The closest I got, a good friend of mine, uh, I never even auditioned for music videos, but a good friend of mine played uh, Pink, you know, the artist Pink. He played her manager in a music video back, back, back when she was just starting to break. And I'm like, how was she? And he was like, dude, she's delightful. She is just awesome. She's just so cool. And I believe him. My buddy Ted, my buddy Ted, he pops up and stuff all the time. It's always crazy when you see somebody you know, like in a movie or a music video. It just kind of takes you out of it. <laughs> True. All okay. Right. You said you wanted to cover a few things, too. Okay. Here's what I got. Just really quickly. Uh, I, I love it when when regular people go by statues and they they pose in a funny way. You know, like it makes it look like, you know, Ben Franklin is holding an iPhone and you're taking selfies. It's I, I love that stuff. It, it amuses me to no end. So somebody put together like a greatest hits of that. So I posted that it's a uh, creative people posting uh, or posing with sculptures is pretty funny. That was pretty awesome. Another one that I liked that I'm going to I'm going to be slapping this one up on the Facebook later on today. And, and, and uh, it's these woke corporations and how they change their logos. They change their logos to, oh, it's the gay, it's the gay flag. It's the rainbow flag because pride, pride, oh, pride. It's pride month. Pride. We love you gays. We love the LGBTQIX. <laughs> and you know what's funny? They never change their logos in the Middle East. They never they, they don't even acknowledge it in the Middle East. And you're like, dude, that's really where the problem is. Well, they flew okay. that flag, they flew that flag at the embassy in the Holy Say. They they there's certain people they don't mind insulting. Oh, that's a whole different subject, dude. That's a but that's a great <laughs> subject that we should get into at some point. A million years ago, we on the George Lopez show, they had uh somebody pitched a joke for one of the characters to say and like uh, it had to do with very loosely like like criticizing uh, Christ, you know, it was derogatory. And then the the showrunner was like, is that too edgy? Is that too edgy? And then a bunch of the people on the staff are like, no, no, it's not too edgy. And then a buddy of mine was like, OK, you want to <laughs> you want to do the same joke? But you want to switch it out to Muhammad? You want to say because it's the same joke. We'll just change it to Muhammad. And boom, <laughs> that made it because that's what it, it's like. It's so boring. It's so boring. And we'll wrap it up here with this. This is actually wonderful for us to say. This is we've actually stumbled into some sub, some substance here. Comedians will do this all the time. They'll talk about organized religion. And I don't believe in big some giant, you know, old guy in the sky. And then his son comes down here and bring, bring, bring. And they think they're so edgy. <laughs> they think they're so edgy and they think they're so brave because they've gone after a religion who's one of their big tenets is like, turn the other cheek, judge not, let them go. We're going to pray for you. So when you're picking on somebody who's like they're known for how nice they are and how they're not going to like. But I tell you what, try, just try it. Try that with Islam. You don't, do you? Now, that should tell you everything. Now, if comic wants to go up on stage and start talking about Islam, go for it. Go for it. You'll definitely get bravery points. You will definitely <laughs> get bravery points. But these people, like, it's like punching somebody you know is not going to hit back. There's nothing brave about it. Okay, we're going to wrap it up with this. We went long. We almost did 20 minutes. Uh, Hannah Palmer reminds us roller skating is pretty cool. It's easy to forget. If you're at, if you're of a certain age... Like, I would go, my family, we would ice skate. We had an ice skating. My dad would build an ice skating rink in the backyard in the, in the wintertime. Not like we were rich. We, we, we put up some one-by-sixes and froze water because it was freezing. But we, we ice skated. I was, I was a little, little kid. Then uh, roller skating was a thing. And I, was, I wasn't like a teen. I was like pre-teen. But you could see these kids just and like grown-ups just dance. There's something about roller skating that is just incredibly, I think it's sensual. It's sexy as all hell when you do it right. And it roller skating kind of faded. They're trying to bring it back. I hope it works. But Hannah Palmer, this incredibly attractive model, is just out on the streets of Los Angeles wearing a bikini, 
the song that she's skating to, oh, it's just, it's just all that and a bag of delicious, delicious chips. I could just watch that on a loop. Just give me <laughs> that for a couple of hours. Yeah, she, I was watching it. It doesn't do a whole lot of roller skating, though, does she? <laughs> it doesn't have to. You don't have to. Just a little bit. You don't, have to, you don't have to go backwards skate. You don't have to do anything fancy. Just get in that groove. Get in that groove every once in a while. And it's too funny. And like right after I posted that, I'm like, this is great. Look at the website. We're cool. We got uh, we got uh, Dua Lipa up there. We got Hannah Palmer. We got this. And then Cranky Gordon's like, here's Jethro Tull. Yeah, I was gonna. That was like, we just didn't get to. I, that was a, that would have been an interesting one to talk about. We just kind of like, ran out of time. We're so young. We're so young. We're so hip. We're so edgy. <laughs> and like the instant I had that thought, he put up. Nothing <laughs> about Jethro Tull. But yeah. Jethro Tull, it's very interesting. Jeff, the guy behind Jethro Tull, those songs, you'll you'll never have another. It's it's definitely worth a read. Definitely worth a read about Jethro Tull. And you know what? You know how that guy made a fortune? No. He was one of the first successful uh, trout farmers in wow. in the UK. Yeah, he's got some ginormous fish farms, and he's doing quite well. Good for Okay, you guys, that was a super long. That's the whole segment. Stick around. The Gimlet and I are going to take the party over to the Patreon because we love you. And if this is it for you on the podcast, if you're tapping out after this one, we still love you. And you look phenomenal in those shorts. I might go a little shorter. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Michael. All right, buddy. All right, buddy.